Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, the Feedback and Insights, uh, share number 13. Email address is uh, shalombayis777 at gmail.com. We're going to discuss suicide now. And before I start, I need to really make this very clear, like I said in the beginning of this year, that all of these shiurim never take place getting real help in real life, whether it's a paisik to paskandinim for you, marital advice from a mentor that's a real mentor in your own life, a qualified rav, a qualified therapist, a qualified coach. Um, and these shiurim are only meant to complement internally so that you have that courage or that ability to try to get that help you need in your real life and also to incorporate some thoughts and, and, and the asides that are extremely important and valuable. And that's why I'm discussing this topic today, because I'm not just going to discuss suicide, but I'm going to discuss all um, thought processes that lead to that, and even the people who never uh, got to that point that they were ready to do something like that. But very often, like the studies say, that ten times more than not, you will meet somebody that once had suicidal thoughts at one point in their life, more likely, ten times more likely, than meeting someone that will have a heart attack. That's has uh, that's how prevalent it is. And a lot of the discussions I want to discuss, whether in this year or in future shiurim, is the thought processes that you need to have to combat these type of thoughts as best as you can. Thoughts of hopelessness. Thoughts that... I don't matter in this world. Why am I here for? If I left, no one would care. Or not only if I left, no one would care, I'm a burden now. The life would be better. The world would be better without me being in it. Those type of thoughts are not as uncommon as people think. And maybe they didn't take steps to actually take their life, but these thoughts cross their mind and they have to know how to fight that. And... That's very important. Another important thing is, because for people, um, when they read the Torah, and the Torah says that suicide is a sin, says in a parashat right? You take your life, you can't take your own life, just like you can't take somebody else's life. It's not your life to take. It's a pekadon from Hashem. And it seems very severe in Allah, and it seems like that you don't sit shiva and all these dinim. So how do you reconcile it with what's going on, unfortunately, today. And the answer really is, is that those halachas, though they're very, very true, it's written in the Torah, and Torah's emes, they do not apply to, I would say, virtually every single suicide that took place, even in the Goyesha world, and in the non-religious Jewish world, and the religious Jewish world, it makes no difference does not fit that category of suicide which the Torah condemns. Because the one, the, the suicide that the Torah condemns, the Arach HaSholcha brings this down, and the Halakhic authorities bring it down, that's in a situation which is extremely uncommon, certainly not Bismanazah, when one who decides to kill themselves while being in a clear and sound mind, they don't have internal struggles, they don't have external struggles, they're not suffering from depression, 
they just, out of arrogance or out of spite, in a clear, sound mind, or make a decision that they are going to take their life. Extremely uncommon, and in these days is practically non-existent. So anyone who has in their head, when they see these stories or hear these stories, that they think that there are, someone's in that category, get it out of your head. It's absolutely sheker. Because these days, 100%, I would say, of the people that actually had already taken their lives, unfortunately, were took it when they were under extreme pressure, extremes of fear or pain or distress or mental illness. Where these dinim that the terrorist states about suicide does not apply whatsoever. The chlal not, zero. Has no bearing whatsoever on that. So, and that suicide is, is not a sin. It's unfortunately something that needs to be prevented. We have to fight it tooth and nail. Because what happens is, is during that moment when that decision is made and it's an irreversible decision, in their mind they basically made that decision that there is no other way. They, their mind is in a loop and they no, do not see a way out. And we need to try to work as much as possible to, to, to convince people that are in that state. To, we have to reach out for help for the professionals that know how to do it. And in the meantime, until you're able to do that, we need to get hotlines, know who to call, because we're not equipped, most of us, to deal with it. But we have to engage. We have to engage when we see the problem going on. We cannot ignore it. And we have to engage the person who is talking this way, or seems to be feeling this way, and to pl- convince them to get help and listen to them. And listen to them and hear them and be empathetic. And that is very, very important. Now, this idea of people losing hope and thinking about those things can happen because of terrible situation, life situations, of terrible abuse. And it can happen even when things are going well. So as examples of this, um, you have someone like Viktor Frankl. He's the one who wrote on logotherapy. He survived the concentration camps. The whole existence was stripped away. Only, he had only one sister that survived. And um, he acknowledges that very often he contemplated suicide. And uh, many in the concentration camps contemplated it. And the, what held him back was that he chose the attitude of a certain type of a meaning to his existence that even though he knew he could be killed any second, there was meaning to his life. And he chose that attitude for life. The Blue Rebbe, I read this in the um, tales of the Hasidic tales of the Holocaust, and he bring it's brought down. He also at one point had a Havamina. He knew that he couldn't take his life. But you know, some people used to go straight to the barbed wires and try to end it like that. And many did, and they can't be blamed. And again, it's the same matzif where it's so hopeless by them, and it doesn't fall into that category of what we talked about. He also was considering 
um, ending his life, but he knew he couldn't go about that, but he figured if he goes near those wires, not touching the wires, but near them, the guard uh, that's observing the, would, would shoot him, you know. He wanted to end his life that way, and there was a woman that convinced him, you're, you're a Rebbe, you're leading Klyusrol, we need you, you know, your life is necessary, and he didn't do it. So those are situations when there were terrible situations when they contemplated ending their life, taking their life. But truth is, is we see that suicide um, feelings and exists even in affluent communities, even with people who are in very good health, who don't have financial trouble, who live in comfort, Nevertheless, many of them still suffer from debilitating bouts of depression that could trigger such deep emptiness that that too can lead to suicide. You also have very creative people, talented people, who suffer from depression and suicidal thoughts. Very often, it's connected to excessive self-blame or self-hatred or despair or shame. Shame you have, in the Gemara it says openly, there's stories like that where a family was very poor and but they wanted to feed a guest and they didn't really have enough food to feed the guest but but they had just enough to give him but the, the child ate the whatever the food that was there and he didn't have what to give the guest. He was so embarrassed he went up to the roof and jumped off and died. You had a story with, um, I don't remember all the details of it, someone could remind me the exact details, but basically a Talmud of Rabbi, Rabbi Meir. Uh, he put his tefillin, when he went to the bathroom, he put it someplace that wasn't watched. A prostitute got a hold of the tefillin, went into the base medrash and said, you know, look, look at this, uh, look at this, uh, uh, one of your students um, was with me, you know, and of course it wasn't true, but the Talmud was so appalled by it and by the accusation and by the shame of it, he went up into the roof and jumped off and killed himself. You see that shame, deep, deep shame, is also a cause often for that. And um, sometimes medical help is required, and you need antidepressants, and that will stabilize the person. Um, basically, um, people who think everyone, everything, everyone's better than me. Um, I'm a nobody. And um, I'm just damaged goods for whatever reason. And we have to fight that. We have to fight those feelings and those thoughts. And someone who already has it, they can't get out of their own loop. We have to get them help. And we have to look at them with more sensitivity also. We have to realize for the ones who are already lost, the ones that are already lost and they're not here anymore, this is the way you look at it. They probably went through years and years and years of suicidal thoughts, years where they won the battle. They won the battle. They fought all those years to stay alive. And this experience of trying to pull through life despite that emptiness and that depression and pain that they were in made them more sensitive, made them more caring. And then the battle was over and they died. And um, their life was not a failure. 
your life was not a failure. They made it's just like the Muhammad Sayyidzer, you should know when we talk about it. When sometimes you win a battle, sometimes you lose when you fight against the Yitzhahara. And the, the difference is, though, is that when we talk about that, when we do an Avera, you could always get up. There's still life. You get up and you bounce back. So even though you failed three times, you get up twice. You fail another four times, you get up once. You fail another. You fell down once, you got to get up three steps. And it's a constant battle back and forth, back and forth, where you lose battles, but you win the war. Suicide is the same thing. Unfortunately, though, that once that step is taken, it's final. It's not reversible. But all those years that they struggled, who knows what type of war was within them just to stay alive. A stronger battle they waged, much stronger than the way we battle against our own Yetzirahs. We don't battle as much. So you have to give the benefit of the doubt. You have to be done lekavs chus. We know how hard it is for ourselves, but we have a temptation. Whether we have an anger problem and we have to control it and not blow up. When we are in a situation where we have this tremendous taiva to, walk, to watch pornography, let's say for someone who has that issue, and they hold back and they don't, or look somewhere and they don't, and the war rages within you. Sometimes you lose the battle, sometimes you win the battle. But you know in yourself how hard that is. Someone who succumbed and took their life, you have no right to judge. You have no idea what yisurim they went through, how many fights they fought in order to stay alive day in and day out, day in and day out. And then there's hit the point where they just were worn out and they said to themselves, I don't have the strength anymore and I can't take the pain and I need to end the pain. So it's not that they're giving up and they gave up in life. And the ones that are struggling, they know they want to live. That's the difference too. They want to live. But what? Their pain is so strong and so terrifying and so that where they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, they don't see an open door of how they can get out of the terrible pain they're in, they, they feel they need to relieve that pain. They need to end it. And we need to do our best to help them. And we're not professionals. I'm not. Most of you are not. So we do not have the ability to help a lot of them in a real way, but we have the ability to do our best to get them the help they need. In the meantime, it's important to listen to them, to listen to people who are suffering from, that, from, from this and to empathize with them and suggest, really, suggest that they get help. But don't think, when you hear somebody talk about that, oh, I'm going to kill myself, this and that, don't think they're joking. And don't think they won't follow through. Now, could it be some people say that because they're very, very manipulative and they'll tell that to a parent or to, to a whatever just because they want to really get under someone's skin and get them alarmed and they're trying to be mischievous? That could be. That could be. But you cannot make that assumption. You have to be cautious and realize maybe there's some truth to those words. And the worst case scenario you were wrong and they were looking for attention or whatever but you cannot make that assumption you have to take their words seriously and that is very important and um, 
There are many reasons for it, but you have to do your best to talk to people about it. And for many of you and for many of us that we may have not actually considered taking our life, but we're plagued by those type of feelings, maybe not to such an extreme level, but we're plagued by those type of feelings. Feelings of worthlessness, feelings of emptiness, feelings that you, that, that, that you don't matter. And we all matter. And we all matter. And we all have value. And this idea of what we talked about in the prior feedbacks of knowing what your tafkir is, what knowing meaning what your role is in life, what Hashem wants from you, and each one of you has that mission and has that special shlichus to do. That meaning, that also, if you convince someone who's in despair to realize that they have that purpose, they have that meaning, then they could pull out. Now they can't, again, I want to make it very clear, very often, you, they cannot pull out on them by themselves. And we cannot help them on our own. But we can help to the extent, and they can help themselves to the extent to realize, I need help and I'm willing to reach out. I'm willing to fight. That Nakuda, that is something that is our Achrayas, we must, must do. We're not professionals. And we're not, um, you know, uh, uh, experts, we're not therapists, we're not coaches, but it makes no difference. This part we need to do. This part of talking and listening and engaging and pleading and explaining that your life is not hopeless. I may not know how to heal you. You may not know how to heal yourself, but there is help out there and you push them and you encourage and you do everything you can to get them the help they need, that is our achrayas. That is our achrayas. And we can't rely on, you know, just not to sit back and not do anything. You know, we can't be their therapists. We can't, uh, you know, long-term do things on our own because we're not equipped. We're not equipped. But we need to get them there and that help. So this is a very difficult subject. I will put it on two YouTube uh, uh, videos on the subject uh, that you should, um, you know, again, this is a type of a sheer and this network of WhatsApp. It's not a yeshivish type of a thing here. Talking to everybody, those who are uncomfortable, um, you know, uh, listening to non-Jews or whatever and talking about these things, they're welcome not to listen. But I'm putting it out there. Because what they're saying is extremely valuable. And we have to take it out from under the rug and bring it out. I'm going to send two clips plus another one from Rev. Waiwai's brother. He has an older brother. His name is uh, Simon Jacobson. Wonderful stuff he has. He has, um, now he has certain things that are unique to Chabad, whatever it is, but and that's, I think, also very valuable, a lot of it, for even those that are not. But he has something called Global Classes. He gives Wednesdays that is talks about universal topics. And I'm going to put one out there about why life matters. And um, truth be told, even though we're addressing this particular subject, we all need to hear these things. 
because we may not be, many of us on that, thank God, not thinking about suicide, not tempting a suicide, and, and not near that danger ourselves. But we are, we do have a danger of getting battered by life to the point where we sort of go on cruise control and sort of give up on ourselves. And we can never give up on ourselves. Whether we want to, we don't want to, we cannot give up on ourselves. And for all you young ones, older ones, who are thinking about taking their own life and thinking that there's no solution, you need to know that there is. That there is. You need to reach out, muster all the strength you can. God willing, you'll have some support from people who love you and support you and will get you the help you need. But even if you feel now totally alone, Go online, find these organizations. If I get feedback and people could email me a list of places to call and real qualified people that you could talk to, I'll put it out there. But reach out. That's your achrayas. You cannot do it on your own. No one's blaming you. And um, you're not expected to, do, to, to handle this on your own. It, it is too much. It is too much. But you need to reach out and say help, and I need the help, and please help me. And there are people that are willing and able to help, and they have tools on how to handle it, to resolve whatever the problem is, and to make you feel better, and to have a fully well-adjusted, wonderful life. So please, please take this to heart. Have a wonderful day.